we're going to talk about faith today. So before we even get started, let's just open our hearts, ready to receive the word of God, for the word of God is what builds up faith. Amen? Amen. Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you, Lord, that as it's planted into our hearts this morning, Lord, that it will find fertile ground in our hearts, that it will uh, bring fruit into our lives. Lord, fruit that's everlasting, that doesn't die away. And I pray, Father, that every person watching online and every person here, that they shall be a light during this time when the world doesn't know what's going on. I pray that the church brings the answer to the world, that they will be the light, that they will be the very thing that Jesus was when he walked this earth. We thank you for your Holy Spirit this morning that you put on the inside of each and every one of us. We thank you, Father, that greater is he that's in us than he that's in the world. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. You know, the one thing that I was really praying about yesterday and the thing that came to, to me was you are chosen. You are chosen during this time. You are chosen for a specific purpose. You are chosen during this time to be the light. You're chosen during this time to show faith. You're chosen during this time, just like, you know, in the times of the Bible, in the in the biblical accounts that we have. We have Daniel, we have uh, Shadrach, Meshach, Abednego. We have various people in the Bible. These are real people. These are not fairy tales. They're not stories. These are people that have given us uh, an understanding of what it means to walk in faith, what it means to, to stand on the word of God. And during this time, the church will not bow down to fear in Jesus' name. Yeah. And this morning, that's what we're going to talk about, is how to have faith in this time and in this hour, that we shall, we shall not react in fear in Jesus' name. You know, and even during the times of persecution throughout history, during times of suffering, that's when the church grew the most, you know? That's when the times that, that the church would grow and double in size and, and be uh, strengthened in their faith, strengthened in, in who God said that they were. So it's not a time for discouragement. It's not a time that we slack off. This is a time we advance. Amen? And you know, even what the enemy has tried to do and instilling fear, guess what? The word of God is going out more than ever this, this morning, more than ever online, because churches have been forced to go online. So what the enemy meant for destruction and harm is getting turned around, and the gospel is getting spread throughout the world more to this morning than ever before. And that is our prayer, that the gospel will go forth. So what the enemy meant to, to wreak havoc on this earth now is getting turned around. Everything works for the good of those who love the Lord. So we shall not hide. We shall not recluse. Fear causes people to hide. Fear causes people to recluse. Fear causes, you know, Zain and Halama were doing their uh, online live last night. And, you know, they were talking about the same thing, about how fear causes people to, to be paralyzed. Because that's what fear does. And I know right now there's a world that, that is, they're fearful because of what they're hearing. They're fearful because of what's going on. But I can tell you that that's not God's plan for his children. And we don't have to be afraid. This is not something we have to be afraid of. We can have faith during this time. We won't recluse. We won't draw back. We won't shrink back. But instead, we will walk in faith during this time. And even, you know, I was thinking the very thing, the very thing that, that God designed in his word, 
using oil and the laying on of hands. Well, what is everybody afraid of right now? The laying on of hands, right? <laughs> Six feet distance. I don't know if we're all going to have to get, you know, extensions or what. But, <laughs> but the thing is, God gave us a remedy for sickness and disease. And that was the anointing oil and the laying on of hands. And if we have faith in God that, that his word is true, we can do that. So let's get into the word this morning. Hallelujah. Um, first of all, I want you to turn to turn to the book of, of John, uh, chapter 6. John chapter 6. I'm going to go through six things this morning. How do, you, how do you have faith during this time? How do you increase your faith during this time? How do you stay firm? How do you stay uh, planted and secure during this time? Because I tell you if, you, if you've got things whirling around you and you're going out on the front lines every single day, you, you've got to be ready. You know, you've got to have the armor of God on, right? You've got to be ready to combat this thing. So I'm going to give you some things around faith this morning. And the first one, uh, first of all, if you are taking notes at home, if you're taking notes, get ready to write down six things concerning faith this morning. And the first one is faith comes through hearing the word of God. That's a common scripture that many of us know. Faith comes through hearing the word of God. But if we look at John 6, 63, it says the spirit gives life. The spirit gives life. The flesh counts for nothing. The words I have spoken to you are spirit and they are life. His word is spirit. His word is life. So even this morning, as we hear the word of God, we're allowing it to go into our spirit. That we are not operating in the flesh, but we're operating in the spirit. That we hear his word and we allow it to get planted in our heart, in our spirit. Because the preaching of the word of God brings faith. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. You know, uh, one of the, the stories that if I was doing a news broadcast, it would, it would be... First of all, about um, John G. Lake. You know, John G. Lake was, was in a time where there was the plague, Black Death, you know, the bubonic plague. And it was covering uh, the planet. It was covering all, all areas of the world. And it had hit in, in a specific area where he was at. And he was going around. And, and I was reading his own writings uh, yesterday where he had had an account of this himself where he was writing about his response to it and what he and another guy had done because they couldn't get people to bury the dead because you know the the virus was still on them and and so he and another guy began to bury the dead and many times they buried three four bodies in 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 one place you know and they were doing this all the time they were on it day after day and he said and finally you know some doctors came in and of course you know they have all these preventative measures and they said, you know, well, we came, we wanted to talk to you because we noticed that you're here every day, day in and day out. You're, you're burying the people. You're, you're actually, uh, you know, handling them and, and coming in contact and you're not getting this. How is this getting done? Because, you know, we've got certain preventative measures that we're using. So how are you doing this? And he said, it's the spirit of life. It's the spirit. Turn to Romans 8. Turn to Romans 8. Chapter, sorry, chapter 8, verse 1. He said, because through Jesus Christ, the law of the Spirit, the law of the Spirit 
of life has set me free from the law of sin and death. You know, through the spirit, we can be set free from the law of what? Of sin and of death. You know, it was the law of sin, which is the flesh, what the flesh wants to do, how the flesh wants to react. Well, our flesh can react in fear. And through sin, through Adam, there was sin. And through sin came in the law of death. But the thing is, how do we combat the spirit of death? We combat it through the law of, of the spirit of life. It crushes the law of sin and death. And John G. Lake was saying this. He said, you know, it's because of this very scripture right here. The law of the spirit of life has set me free. So that when I actually go and I come into contact, that virus, it dies when it touches me. Because he said, if I operate in fear, then what I'm doing is I'm actually absorbing the fear and the, and the things of this, uh, uh, what's around me. I'm absorbing that into my body. But, but if I actually operate in the spirit of life, then what I'm doing is I'm absorbing. I'm, I'm bringing out faith. I am actually uh, allowing faith to come out of my life. And it actually touches the atmosphere and has an effect on the atmosphere. So like I said, fear recluses. It draws back. It, it, it pulls back in. That's what fear does. It actually absorbs into yourself. But faith actually pushes out. Faith goes out because faith is something that is supernatural. It believes in what is not there. It is a belief in what is not there. So we believe this morning in the word of God. His word is spirit and it is life. And it is life unto us. It's life unto our bones. So faith comes by hearing. And of course, hearing by the word of God. Now, number two, I want to, I want to tell you this and I want to explain this to you. Fear works by potency, not by age. I'm sorry, faith, not fear, faith. Faith works by potency, not by age. Because many people think, well, you know, I've been in church for 20 years. I've been in church, you know, I'm more, I have more faith than, than this new babe in Christ. That's not necessarily the case. Because there are many people that get saved and that have a tremendous amount of faith. When they read the word of God, it's like faith comes alive on the inside of them. So faith, that's good news because anybody that receives Jesus Christ has the potential to step right into that realm of faith right from the very beginning. They don't have to study for years and years. Yeah, the more you study, the more you're going to understand. But the thing is, faith is something that you receive in your spirit. So if you believe it and you receive it, then you're, you can actually step, step out in faith. Hallelujah. Turn to Mark 4. Because Jesus was giving a principle around this in Mark 4. About a mustard seed. 4.30. He says again, What shall we say the kingdom of God is like? Or what parable shall we use to describe it? It is like a mustard seed, which is the smallest seed you plant in the ground. Yet when planted, it grows and becomes the largest of all garden plants, with such big branches that the birds of the air can perch in its shade. You know, as small as a mustard seed. Now the thing is, what you have to understand about the mustard seed is it's not diluted. It's pure mustard seed. 
So he wasn't saying that faith is like a mustard seed, as in, if I just have a little bit of faith, if I've got 10% faith and 90% fear, then I can offer. That's not what he's saying. The little bit of the mustard seed, as small as it is, but it's 100% mustard seed. You know? And it gets planted. He said, if you've got just a little bit of faith, a little bit of faith, and you don't allow fear to come in, then you can make great things happen. You can step out and believe the things of God in your life. If you have the little bit of faith as a mustard seed, and then what did it say? It grows into the greatest of trees and becomes shelter. What does that mean? As your faith grows, and as, as you are walking in your faith, you become a shelter for other people. They may not have faith yet, but you become, that's what Jesus is saying. Whenever he's saying you become the light of the world, the salt of the earth, you become the shelter for other people to find that answer. We were in Hana one time, and I remember we were walking down Airport Road by our house, and, and there was this huge banyan tree uh, on someone else's property. And the thing was, I mean, huge. If you've seen banyan trees, they, they grow very, very large. But in it, all of these birds were just squawking. I mean, very loud. All over the, there's this huge canopy of a tree. And I thought, man, that's what that verse is like. There's like hundreds of birds in this tree right now, just chirping and, and squawking. And, and But it's the house for those birds. That tree is sheltering those birds. That's what our faith is like. It, it, it can grow to the point that it shelters other people. It shelters and brings in other people into our faith. That we can actually bring other people in and, and your, your faith becomes an extension to their life. It brings benefits to their life. They may not know or know how to uh, operate in faith, but if they will believe in the faith that you have, then that actually becomes an extension for them. Isn't that amazing? So it, faith is about potency. It's not about how old you are. It's not about you being 50 years studious in the Word of God. There's many people sitting in here today where you became a Christian and you begin to hear the word of God. It became active on day one. And it was just like as you read the scripture, it came alive on the inside of you. And it was just like, man, I can do this. I can lay hands on the sick. I can, I can go out and I can do these things. Okay, let's do it. And there wasn't a fear around it. There wasn't uh, 20 years of people arguing with you, telling you that you couldn't. So you just did it. And then you re you saw the results of your faith in action, and you saw people get healed. Because there wasn't uh, the layers that you had to peel off. So I'm telling you today, even online, if you're hearing this for the first time, and you haven't been a Christian, you don't have to study for 50 years to understand faith. Faith is received in your spirit. As you hear it, let it touch your spirit today. In Jesus' name. You know, I, I even remember when I was, uh, this was probably, Zephan was probably about seven or eight. And this was something, I was, I was learning faith, I was beginning to operate in it, but I woke up one morning and I was not, it was just like something all of a sudden came on and it was like I got sick to my stomach. Just all of a sudden, just like that. And I went into the bathroom because you know how you can tell, like, your stomach's feeling like, you know, you're going to vomit. You're gonna, you know, you're not feeling good. You're going to throw up. And even to the point, I was like sitting in front of the toilet. 
And and it was like my mouth was getting to that point where it's starting to water. You know, you, you know. I'm sorry, it's gross, but uh, you know, it was at that point. Like I could have, I couldn't even pray for myself at that point because I, I was just feeling horrible. Well, Zephan came and he was about seven at the time, eight. And he he looks in the bathroom and he sees me. He says, "Mommy, again." I'm like, "Yeah, I'm just not feeling good." At the moment, he's like, okay. Well, he goes in his bedroom, which is right across the hall from the bathroom. And I could hear him in there praying. And, and he, he began to pray, Father, heal my mom. And then he just started uh, praying in the Holy Spirit. And next thing you know, it was just within a couple of minutes. Boom. As quickly as it came, it left. You know, it doesn't have to be something that it is... Uh, you know, 20 years of experience, 30 years of studying out the book of John. You know, it's received in faith like a child, like a child. Sometimes we have to push the things aside out of our head, quit reasoning and begin to just receive in faith. He said, if you only believe, if you will just believe. And so when we read the word of God, we got to do that. Just believe. Number three, you know, the word of God says to operate in accordance with the faith that you have. Operate in accordance with the faith that you have. In, in Mark 10, 51, there's a, a blind guy that comes to Jesus. And he says, you know, he comes and he's like, Master, have mercy on me. And Jesus looks at him and he says, what is it you want me to do? What was he doing? I mean, you would think Jesus would know what he wants, right? But some people, you know, they come for prayer. I've, I've seen it myself. There's something majorly wrong with them. But they'll come and you say, what do you want me to pray for? Well, I want you to pray for my daughter. Da, 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 da. Or I want you to just pray that I can get by during this time. Their faith isn't there for healing. Their faith is there for something else. And I believe Jesus here was asking, what is it that you want me to do? He was checking the guy's faith. Where's your faith at? What is it that you're wanting? Because our faith cannot override someone else's will. So when we understand this, it can free you up. Don't get frustrated. When other people's faith level is not where yours is at, Amen. it's okay. There's a lot of people that are going to go to heaven, but they may not ever agree with you on the understanding of faith. And they may never get a revelation of that, and it's, you don't need to argue about it. Be there for those that have a desire to learn, that they want to ask questions. But you don't have to make a debate around healing or around uh, any other scriptural differences. Just understand that it's not going to hold you back from walking where you want to walk with God. Like dig into the word. Allow him to reveal things to you. But don't make it a stumbling block and don't become, don't allow it to, to be something where you bang, you know, you, you're bumping heads with some, somebody else over this issue. So love people. In fact, the word God says in, in uh, Romans 14, it talks about don't be a stumbling block to your brother. If he believes that eating the food, because during that time, if there was food that had been offered up to uh, other gods or sacrifices, you know, he was saying, Paul was saying, yeah, you may have the revelation now that that's, that's okay. That you can bless it. You can consecrate it with thankfulness, with prayer. And, it, and it's fine through the blood of Jesus Christ. But your brother may not have an understanding of that. And they may be operating according to the old law, which was you're not, uh, you're not supposed to be eating these types of foods. If he doesn't have the, the revelation of that, then he's actually sinning by going against his conviction. That's what the Bible says. 
in Romans 14. So he says, don't be a stumbling block to your brother. If he doesn't have that revelation yet, then he's actually sinning if he just goes along with what you're pointing. The conviction of his heart is not lined up with that. So we have to understand not everybody is someone, if, if you understand that God's, that, that God's healing power covers you, and you believe in the blood of Jesus Christ, and you believe that he is, has the Passover blood, then that is awesome. It brings the benefit to you. But don't slander those that don't have that revelation. Love them. If they want to learn and ask questions, then that's great. Be that light. But don't slander. Don't, don't uh, uh, be in a position where, where you're causing a, a chaos between or friction or dissension between brothers and sisters in Christ. You know, now is the time when the church needs to stand together more than ever. The world doesn't need to see the, the church in division. We need to be together now in unity and in strength. So walk at your faith, but don't, don't be bad-mouthing others that don't have an understanding or a revelation of healing. You know, there are those, they'll try to argue that passed away and such. That's fine. It's okay. If they believe in Jesus Christ and they, they live a, a life of holiness, they're going to go to heaven. Okay? But if they don't believe in healing, it's going to be okay. You just believe in healing and you continue. I've seen it happen to me. Nobody's going to talk me out of it. We've experienced it. We know it. So it, it's not like you're going to talk me out of it. it I'm not going to allow somebody else's issue to hold me back in that area. So operate in, the, in accordance with the faith that you have. In fact, in Romans 12.3, let's go ahead and turn there real quick. Romans 12.3. It says, for the... For by the grace given to me, I say to every one of you, do not think of yourself more highly than you ought, but rather think of yourself with sober judgment in accordance with the measure of faith God has given you. And then if you, if you go on down to verse 6, we have different gifts according to the grace given us. If a man's gift is prophesied, let him use it in proportion to his faith. Yes, I understand that that's talking about prophesying there. But that also talks about every revelation that we have, every gift that we have, every understanding that we have. Use it in proportion to your faith. And don't, don't feel, here's the thing, I believe that there are times that people get frustrated in their walk with God because they're trying to operate at somebody else's level of faith and they haven't grown to that level yet. There have been times where I've actually had to pull myself back because I realized I don't have the faith level for that yet. What do I have the faith for? Here? Okay. I'm going to believe for this. Operate at the faith level that you have. The proportion that's been given to you or the proportion to which you have grown it at, operate there at that time. Number four. Grow your faith. You know, there's a lot of people, well, God has given everyone a measure of faith. Yes, he has. But guess what? It's up to us to grow our faith, right? Flip over to Colossians 2. Colossians 
grow your faith. So that measure of faith that you have, you know, I don't think it was an accident that this year's challenge was about accepting the challenge of receiving the word of God in your life. And you know, even over the past year, we've been preaching a lot about the word of God and about faith. The word of God, faith. Standing on the word of God, believing in the word of God, stepping out in the word of God. That I don't believe that was an accident because we need to understand that God's word has authority. During this time, we got to understand the authority and the power of God's word in our life. You know, even doctors... Uh, a message for the year empowered to serve empowered to serve well that word serve it's not just about us it's about and of course we have it as as lead because as you lead you're actually serving people when you go out and you you are a light in the community you are a light to people then what you're doing is you're serving you're being a light to this generation you're giving them an answer that they're looking for you know without a crisis that people don't emerge as leaders? Do you realize that? When things go smoothly and everything, there's no bumps, there's no crisis, there's no chaos, people don't emerge as leaders because no one's really looking for anybody to follow. It's all about everybody's opinions. But as soon as people's opinions or their faith uh, shatters in something, now all of a sudden, who do we look to? Who's got an answer for what's going on? Well, in this type of a crisis, when the world says, we don't have an answer. We don't know what to do. Jesus is the only answer. Jesus is the only healer. Yeah, they may come up with a, 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 you know, a, a response or a medication or something, which you know, I hope they do. I hope there is, because there are people that need it. But I also know that we can operate in divine healing and divine health and stay in divine health because of the word of God, because it is our medicine. It is the thing that gives us life to our very bones. So Colossians 2, verse 6 and 7, and it says, So then, just as you receive Christ Jesus as Lord, continue to live in him. The same faith that it took for you to receive Jesus Christ as your Savior, the same faith that says, yes, I believe he died on the cross for me. Yes, I believe he rose again. It's the same faith faith that we have to begin to operate when we hear the word of God preached about other faith, when we hear about healing, when we hear about uh, provision, that he's our deliverer, then that's the same faith that has to be applied. We use faith to grab a hold of those things. But it says continue to live in him, rooted and built up in him, strengthened in faith as you were taught and overflowing with thankfulness. Strengthened in faith. Another version says to grow in faith. To be established in faith. So it's up to us. It's not just a measure of faith that's given and that's all you get and God's just going to give you what you, you know, well, here's your, here's your portion. No, there is a measure that's given to everyone. And what we do with it is up to us. We can grow it or we can ignore it. We can let it die out, or we can choose to get in the Word. We can choose to hear preaching. We can choose to receive the Word of God. Grow it in our life. Allow it to take root. That is growing your faith. When you do it day in and day out, it's like taking a medicine. You know, you're doing it every day because the doctor says so, right? You know, take your medicine, take your medicine. And people do that so faithfully. Well, are they taking their, their spiritual medicine? you got to take your spiritual medicine. Or you're going to grow spiritually weak. And it's the spirit, through the spirit, that we fight these things off. 
So in the spirit is how we have to operate. It's by the spirit of life that we crush the very power of the, of the law of sin and death. It's through the, the law of the spirit of life. Number five, protect your faith. Protect your faith. And I would say that this is probably, for those that, that have started the faith walk and operate in their faith, this is the one you got to watch. Protect your faith. Because those that you hang out with, those that you rub shoulders with, those that you're around day in and day out, they will affect your understanding and it will affect how you perceive things. It will, it will cause you to doubt even though you may know the word of God. Because what you hear and what you see on a daily basis will actually begin to, it's like the overflow of the heart, right? Out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. Well, out of the abundance of the heart is, is how you're going to perceive things. Whatever is sown into your heart, it's going to come out. Turn over to uh, Proverbs 4. There it is. Proverbs 4. Verse, we're going to start at verse 20. My son, pay attention to what I say. Listen closely to my words. Do not let them out of your sight. Keep them within your heart. You know, you can't look two places at once. You can't look at the word of God and then look at fear. You can't look at the word of God and then and then begin to, to uh, be over here watching the news for eight hours and think that that's not going to affect you. Because it will begin to, to form your mind and form your thoughts. And you will be affected by what you watch, what you see, what you hear. So he's saying, don't look in two different places. Keep my word in front of your eyes. And then he says, for they are life to those who find them and health to a man's whole body. Do you know that word right there? Health actually means medicine. His words are medicine to your bones. His words become medicine to your very body. Isn't that exciting? Let that speak to you this morning. And above all else, it says, guard your heart, for it is the wellspring of life. Guard your heart. How do you guard your heart? By what you watch, what you hear. What you watch, what you hear. These are the gateways into your heart. So you got to guard what you're watching. Guard what, the, what you're hearing. Does it line up with the word of God? I'm not saying stick your head in the sand and pretend like nothing's happening. I understand that there's real things happening out there. But the only way to trump it is through faith. Amen. The only way to rise above it is into the spiritual realm, which is through faith. Because if you don't have faith, then you got to operate in the natural. Which is walking around with Purell, dust mask, hiding out in your home because if you don't have another option then obviously you got to combat it in the natural and if that's where your faith is at right now I'm not slandering it you got to do that if that's where your faith is at but if your faith is in the word of God and you're feeding your faith 
You're feeding your faith. You're feeding your faith. And it's growing to another level to the point that it actually, it's like you hear it so much. You're getting into preaching so much. You're getting into the word of God so much that it's actually, it just comes out of you. I remember one time somebody was saying something about, I don't know, some cold or flu or something that was going around. This was a few years back. And they were like, well, yeah, it's going around. Everybody's getting it. I I'll probably get it too. And it, it, she wasn't the only person that said it. I mean, I was hearing multiple people. These were Christians. So understand that just because just because brothers and sisters in Christ, they may not understand and have the revelation. Just like I said, their faith may not be at your level. You gotta fight to protect it. You gotta fight to, to protect the seed that's been sowing into your heart. You gotta guard it. And, and as, as they were saying that, well, I'll probably have it too. And I was just like, I won't. And it came out before before I even thought. You know, it came out of my spirit. Well, I'm not getting it. But it was because what I had been filling myself with, that, that what that person said sounded so foreign and so crazy to me. I'm like, what? What are you saying that for? Why are you repeating that? That's nonsense. Because to me, what I had been filling myself with came out automatically. Out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. So as you fill yourself with the word of God, sometimes people go around and they're, they're quoting, they're quoting, they're quoting. And understand there's a difference. You can quote the scripture, which is good. Which is good because it's getting in you. But sometimes you can quote it, but you're not actually believing it yet. So it takes time. If you if you if it still hasn't sunk in, keep repeating it. Keep meditating on it. Keep saying it. Don't stop. But you've got to keep pushing. You've got to keep pressing till it's coming out of your spirit because that's what's natural for you. That you've planted yourself in, in a different kind of uh, soil. Turn over to Mark 4. Because this is very relevant. Mark 4 very very relevant to what's going on right now the parable of the sower It says, in, again, starting at verse 1, again, Jesus began to teach by the lake and the crowd gathered around him was so large that he got into a boat and sat, sat in it out on the lake while all the people were along the shore along the water's edge. And he taught them many things by parables. And in his teaching, he said, Listen, a farmer went out to sow his seed. As he was scattering the seed, some fell along the path, and the birds came and ate it up. Some fell along the rocky places where it did not have much soil. It sprang up quickly because the soil was shallow. But when the sun came, the plants were scorched, and they withered because they had no root. Other seed fell among the thorns, which grew up and choked the plants, so that they did not bear a grain. Still other seed fell along the good soil. It came up, grew, and produced a crop, multiplying 30, 60, or even 100 times. Now skip down to verse 13, because he's going to... Verse 14, he's going to explain the parable. He said, the farmer sows the word. So that seed is the word. The word that's getting sowing on your heart. 
He said, some people are like the seed along the path where the word is sown. And as soon as they hear it, Satan comes and takes away the word that was sown in them. Realize you have an enemy that's trying to take away the seed that's been sown to you. That's why you have to guard it. Because you have a, an enemy that's trying to steal it from you. Trying to take it out of your heart. So you've got to guard it. It says, Satan comes and takes away the word that was sown in them. Others... Like seeds sown on the rocky places, hear the word and once receive it with joy. So they receive it with joy, but then what happens? Since they have no root, they last only a short time. When trouble or persecution comes because of the word, they quickly fall away. So it's like, yes, they receive it. Yes, that's true for me. Hallelujah. But as soon as the trial comes, then they fall away. As soon as the, the trouble comes. Then they fall away. And there's no longer a belief in the word that they received. That's why we have to guard it. Guard the word that's been sown in you. Verse 18. Still others, like seeds sown among thorns, hear the word. But the worries of this life, the deceitfulness of wealth, and the desire for other things come in and choke the word, making it unfruitful. You know, there are still people... They, they, and this is, this is what I'm saying. Whenever there are people that, that hear the word, they can be established in church, but they're, the fruit is not, they're not actually fruitful. It says they're established. They're still rooted there, but the thorns come and they choke out the word. They choke it out and they do not become fruitful. Well, what is fruitful? It means that we're actually applying our faith and we're using it and we're seeing the fruit of it in our life. So in our life, protect the faith seed that's sown in your heart. Protect it. What does that look like? That means guard what you watch. Guard what you hear. Don't hang out with, with uh, a lot of people that are, are being negative. I understand people have to go to work. But make sure that you're offsetting that. You have to offset it with the word of God. Listen to preaching, good preaching, faith-filled preaching when you're going to work. Get it into your heart as you're going about your home. Put, put it on the speakers. Listen to it. Put it on your phone. Listen to the preaching. Get it into your, into your life. Read the Word of God. Meditate on it. Think about it. Let it, let it just mull it over in your mind. What does this mean to me? How does this scripture apply to me? What does Jesus' blood do for me? You know the Passover? We have a better blood that covers us today. That was the blood of a natural lamb. And even that blood caused the death angel to pass over their homes. To pass over. The very blood of a lamb caused the angel to pass over. And it says that they could not, they were not allowed to destroy anyone in the home. But we are covered by a better blood. We are covered by the blood of Jesus Christ, the perfect Lamb of God. And he came in and he went into the Holy of Holies in the, in the temple of God in heaven and offered his blood as a sacrifice. He offered it so we could actually use it. When we plead the blood of Jesus over our life, when we receive that, then it's covering us. But how does it do it? By faith. When you receive Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, you're receiving it by faith. Well, when you receive health and healing, you're receiving it by faith. So protect the word of God. If you know that there are certain people that are dragging you down, you may have to make a separation. You may have to come out from among them. 
You may have to make some decisions in your life. You know, there, there have been times we've had to do that. Where we had to step out and be, all, be by ourselves. Because what was going on around was not helping uh, to grow the word of God in our heart. Because we'd say one thing and then someone would like crush it. They didn't believe it for themselves. You can't be in that kind of an atmosphere and think that it's not going to affect you. So you've got to be in a place where your faith is getting built. Last thing. Last thing. Faith does not shrink back. Faith does not shrink back. So go to uh, Hebrews as soon as you write that down. Hebrews chapter 10, verse 35. Faith does not shrink back. 10.35 So do not throw away your confidence. It will be richly rewarded. You need to persevere so that when you have done the will of God, you will receive what he has promised. For in just a very little while, he who is coming will come and will not delay. But my righteous one will live by faith. And if he shrinks back, I will not be pleased with him. But we are not of those who shrink back and are destroyed, but of those who believe and are saved. Begin to say that every day. I'm not of those that shrink back. I'm not of those that shrink back. I operate in faith. I don't operate by sight. What I see, I don't believe. I believe in the word of God for my life. I operate according to the word of God. I have faith in my life. I believe in the word of God. I don't allow it to, to uh, uh, be removed from me, but I have it in my life. It's a medicine to my bones. Thank you, God, for your word. Thank you that it is health to my body. Begin to proclaim it. Don't shrink back. In the time of the trial, in the time where things look chaotic, that's when you've got to dig in all the more. That's when you accept the challenge. That's when you allow the word of God to become to come out of your life even more. You dig in. That's what the armor of God is for. You, it says to put on the, the, the shoes of the gospel of peace. It gives you traction. It gives you traction during the time of the trial. The word of God. It's the gospel of peace. How do you get peace in your heart? It's through the word of God. You stay on the word of God. It says that your mind will stay in perfect peace. Those whose, whose mind is stayed on him. His heart will be in perfect peace. Those whose mind is stayed on him. you got to keep your mind stayed on him. What happened with Peter? As long as he was looking to Jesus, he was fine, right? He was at peace. He was doing the impossible. But as soon as he looked at the waves, as soon as he saw the, the things that crashing around him, and he started going, this is really bad. This is, oh, I think this is going to take over. I think this is, this is going to be the death of me. This is going to be the destruction. He began to sink. Well, Jesus is the word. He's the word made flesh. So we've got to keep our eyes on the word. We don't shrink back. Now is the time when we gear up, we dig in, and we press forward harder than ever. We, because without the obstacle, there can't be a testimony. Think about it. Without the lion in the den, there was no story. 
If they were just throwing Daniel in the den and there's nothing there, that's not much to tell. Yeah, we threw Daniel in there for the night and, you know, we were just like, you know, smack, smack on his wrist. You know, don't be praying to God anymore. We threw him in there and then we brought him back out. There's not really a story to tell. But when there's an obstacle, when there's something, yes, he had to, he had to deal with that. He had to deal with fear. He had to deal with the idea. That there was something bigger and more powerful than him in the natural. In the natural. But in the spiritual, he had God. He had the very power of God in his life. So without the lion's den, there was no story. Without the fiery furnace, there was no story. Without the shipwreck of Paul, without the prison of Paul, there was no story. Well, I'm here to tell you that even today, without the virus, there's no story. Understand that. If things were still just going as usual, there's no testimony that can rise up out of that. But I believe that today you are a people that's going to dig in even harder and, and you're going to create a testimony. Because you're going to overcome by the blood of the Lamb and the word of your testimony. And you're going to declare the word of God over your situation. And you're going to be the light during this time. You're going to be the thing that draws people back to their creator. Back to their heavenly father. When people have questions, you're going to be there to answer. So now I challenge you. Now's the time. More than ever. To get in your word. To read it every day. Digest the word. Meditate on the word. Hear the word of God. This is not a time to shrink back. It's a time to activate our faith even more. Amen? Amen. So grow during this time. Set yourself up for a testimony. Set yourself up for a testimony. What are you believing for? Is it more souls during this time? You know, I believe this whole thing is going to be turned around. And the enemy's going to wish that he never planted this thing. Because he, he did it to bring down man. But God can use it to lift his name on high. That he be glorified during this time. And even during this time, we don't react in, in fear. We do all the same. We do things even at a greater measure. It's when the chaos comes, when the time of trial comes, that's when we deal with things at a more potent level. That's when we deal with things at a more powerful level. We get more determined than ever. It's not about going against society. That's not what this is about. It's about going against this enemy that's trying to crush people's faith, trying to get them to, to operate in fear. So during this time, pray more than ever. Declare the word of God more than ever. Talk about Jesus more than ever. Don't allow your commitment to waver. Don't, don't allow this time to be a time where, where you just veg out and turn on Netflix and, and, and you know, just like veg for, for three weeks. I'm not saying don't watch a movie. I'm just saying don't allow this to be a time where you vegetate. Make this a time where you become stronger and more powerful in the Holy Spirit than ever before. Let that be your story. Amen. Amen. 
Father, we thank you. Let's just begin to thank him. Thank him that that none of those, none of, nothing shall touch your home. No sickness, no disease shall touch my home in Jesus' mighty name. I thank you, Father, that the blood of Jesus covers my home. It covers my children. It covers my life. It covers my husband. Lord, that even as, as I go in and I come out, Lord, the blood of Jesus Christ, it goes with me. And in fact, I don't, I don't lack during this time. I prosper during this time. So I thank you, Father, that I'm the head and not the tail. I'm above and not beneath. I thank you, Lord, that your word, Father, we find our shelter in the most high. Lord, we will not fear the arrow that flies by day. We will not fear, though a thousand may fall at our side and ten thousand at our left, at our left hand or our right hand, but it shall not come near us. So we thank you, Father. For your word that stands strong. It does not waver. It does not die out. For it's stronger than anything on this earth. And I thank you, Father, for that. Now, if you're watching today. And you've never received Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. Then I want to give you that opportunity today. If you've been hearing and you and you know. Like, I don't have that peace. I don't have the peace of God residing on the inside of me. I don't know uh, where I would go if I would die today. I don't know where I would go. And maybe you once followed Jesus Christ, but you've walked away from him. Well, today is the day of salvation. Today is the day for you to turn your heart back to God, to be made new by your heavenly Father. To give your heart back to him. So I want to pray with you today. If that's you today. And I just want you to pray this prayer with me. Say dear Heavenly Father. I thank you. For Jesus Christ. Who died on the cross. For my sins. I ask you. To come into my heart. Wash me clean. Be Lord of my life. Give me new life. I believe. Jesus Christ rose again to give me life. Give me strength for I was weak. Now just lift your hands in your home. Because I want to pray right now that everything that has caused fear in your life will be dispelled now, today. Father, I pray, even in here, raise your, raise your hands in here. Father, I thank you for every person listening online. I thank you for every person that's here today. I thank you, Father, that you are greater than any foul spirit sent from hell to torment their mind. And today, I command every fear, every spirit of fear, every spirit of anxiety, I curse your work in Jesus' name. And I loose the power of the Holy Spirit the peace of God to reside in the homes, to reside in their hearts, that no matter what they face, no matter what they see, that the word of God rings true in their hearts and in their mind, that they will establish themselves in their families during this time in the word of God, that this will be a time that they grow stronger than ever, that they will not react in fear, they will respond to faith, and they will become a testimony during this time. In Jesus' mighty name, we thank you for it, Lord. Now, if you prayed that prayer with us this morning, we want you to reach out to us, message us, uh, put your hand in the in the you know put your little emoji hands, 
in there. We want to hear from you. Uh, we want to be able to connect with you. So please do that so we know that you got saved, gave your heart to Jesus Christ today. We're excited for you. And even once all of this is over and everybody's back in the house of God, we want to invite you to join us. We want, if you don't have a home church, then we would love for you to be part of our church. We would love to meet you and for you to be plugged in in the house of God every Sunday with us.